Welcome to Live Well, Be Well, a podcast where we speak candidly about all things wellness. My name is Mira Swaminath, and I'm a graduating senior at UC San Diego. I would now like to introduce Dr. Tiffany O'Mara, a psychologist at CAPS at UCSD. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. O'Mara, and happy Mental Health Awareness Month. Thank you. On this episode of Live Well, Be Well, we'll be discussing mental health on Zoom, productivity and disappointment, checking in with others, and tips on how to reduce stress and anxiety during the pandemic. We hope you get inspired, feel connected, and discover new ways to live your best life. Let's get started. So Dr. Amira, my first question is, as a student away from campus, it can be extremely difficult to feel connected and motivated on Zoom and not to feel completely isolated from my peers. As a professional who sees UCSD students regularly, what are some of the most common challenges faced by the student body uh, with regards to mental health when doing online learning? And what is some of your advice for dealing with those complex issues? Sure. So there are um, a couple of common challenges that I'm hearing that come up again and again with the online learning. Um, one is Zoom fatigue. Um, you know, students and, and staff, too, we're all going from one meeting to the next, one class to the next, and we're having this feeling of being online constantly. And this can really lead to a lot of fatigue. Some Students might find that they get headaches, and we can really just feel really exhausted at the end of the day. The other thing is that we're sitting for a lot of the day, so we're just being so sedentary. So um, a couple of suggestions. One is that um, you can get blue light blocking glasses. So any screen or device that you have produces blue light. And the blue light can cause headaches for some. And exposure to blue light right before bed can also make it harder for you to sleep at night. So the glasses can help to block that blue light. And it's just similar to wearing sunglasses, but maybe not as dark as sunglasses. Um, it also can help to take online breaks. So if you've been back-to-back -back in Zoom classes and meetings, um, maybe, you know, it's not the best idea to then sit in front of a screen and binge watch your favorite show on Netflix. Um, you know, maybe think about what are some relaxing activities that don't involve a computer screen? For example, um, some of my students are taking up painting this quarter, you know, doing things that they've never tried before, but they're finding really soothing. Um, you know, going old school and maybe talking on the phone to a friend. So instead of texting or Zooming, you know, uh, eliminating the screen and just talking on the phone, um, listening to music, um, cooking, baking. So these are examples of some things you could do that don't involve a screen. Also, it's really important to just take breaks to stretch, to get up um, and move a bit. So um, UCSD has, UCSD Recreation has Get Up Tritons, where they'll send you a couple of times a day little exercises that you can do right at your own desk. Um, or get outside, you know, go for a walk, even if it's just a short walk, just to give yourself some movement and also a change of scenery for your eyes. Um, Another problem or challenge that a lot of students are talking about is anxiety about participating in Zoom classrooms or attending Zoom office hours. So it may feel really awkward to talk in some of your Zoom classes or office hours as there might not be a lot of other students participating. 
And it can be really scary for a lot of students to think about going to a professor's office hours and you know, getting there and then having it only be the two of them. Um, also, when some students in classrooms don't have video on, it's hard to read body language or see other people's facial expressions to know the intent of what people are saying. Um, and also in a Zoom lecture, professors now have your name. So they might you know, call you out to make a comment. Whereas in person, it's a little bit easier to hide in a class because the professor is not going to know everyone's name. Um, so that can be a little bit anxiety provoking for some. Uh, in a live class, you know, if you think about it, students are all sitting together and they're all looking towards a professor. But on a Zoom online platform, now students see themselves at the same time as they're trying to listen to the professor. And this can feel really nerve wracking for some students. And they might find that they're constantly aware of themselves and worrying, you know, are others looking at me? What are they thinking about me? Is my hair okay? How am I coming across? Um, you know, maybe in the past, a student might worry, am I saying this right? And now they're worrying, and how do I look as I'm saying it? Um, so all of these thoughts really distract from the content of class. So if you are getting distracted by seeing yourself on Zoom, and if your professor allows, give yourself permission to turn off your video. This way you can focus on what the professor is saying. Also, just be cautious of mind reading, you know, assuming that you know what someone is thinking to remind yourself that people likely aren't thinking about you, that most people are thinking about themselves most of the time. And before you go into a professor or a TA's office hours, prepare in advance, prepare a couple of questions uh, so that if you do enter into the office hours and you're the only one there, you'll at least have some questions that you're prepared with. And also, you know, it's important to remind yourself that the professor and TA are really there to help you. The other challenge that I've heard a lot is loneliness of online life. So, Many students may find that because of the circumstances, they are feeling more isolated and lonely. And one suggestion is not just to make an effort to get in touch with friends and family, but making efforts to have deeper conversations and really check in with how others are doing. You know, try to have more meaningful conversations. Um, and, and there are even lists of questions online that you can use to continue to get to know like friends better, you know, there's, there's some fun questions that you can use online. When you're on social media, you know, instead of just liking someone's post, maybe also send them a message, ask how they're doing or start a conversation. It could also help to schedule in time to meet with friends on a regular basis. So to schedule Zoom chats or to queue up a movie and watch it together and share your reactions. Um, I also want to mention that there are a lot of virtual programs hosted by colleges and various departments right now, including CAPS, um, that are really designed to help students who maybe don't have a lot of connections right now to help them meet people and help to build connections and feel like they're part of a community. 
And some students are telling me that it's actually less intimidating to try out one of these meetings online rather than showing up in person like they used to have to do. You know, some students are actually less worried about how they're physically coming across on a Zoom appointment. And they're getting the chance to meet and connect with other students and staff. So those are some of, um, you know, the challenges and some of the suggestions that I would have. Yeah, thank you so much. That is really helpful advice. Um, Personally, I think a lot of students like myself are constantly stressed and anxious during this time. And a lot of this can be a result of changing environments. Uh, What do you think students can do to manage stress and anxiety that comes from having to live in a difficult home situation, perhaps, Uh, could be experiencing financial loss, or even worried that a loved one or themselves could get really sick? Mira, you know, you're you're right. There are a lot of stressors right now. Uh, you mentioned financial loss, uh, worry for a loved one getting sick, changes in living situations, family dynamics. You know, all of these things contribute to this just being a very difficult time for many of us. Um, you know, online at CAPS, we did create a handout for how to cope with anxiety and stress during this time that you can find on our website. But I'll share with you some of the strategies that I like to suggest for managing stress and anxiety. Um, One of the um, suggestions I have is to establish routines. So some of the basic building blocks to help manage stress um, and anxiety are three things, sleep, nutrition, and movement. So whenever we're experiencing increased levels of stress or anxiety, it's really important to try to keep up healthy routines. Um, a lot of students, when you know they move to a different environment, um, especially when all of this started during spring break, they kind of lost their healthy routines that they had had while they were, um, you know, in the quarter previous. So, you know, create a daily schedule that includes, you know, healthy sleep patterns, which means not only under-sleeping, but also not oversleeping either. And one of the most helpful things for sleep is to create a routine of going to bed and waking up at the same time daily. Um, also, not forgetting to eat regular, regular meals, healthy meals and snacks, and also just moving, um, moving at least once a day. Another strategy that I found has been really helpful for students is to engage in deep breathing and mindful meditation. So some of my students, you know, I had been encouraging them for a long time to try deep breathing. And it sounds so simple, but it's really such a powerful tool to help reduce anxiety. And some of my students, now that they have a little bit more time in their schedule, they've actually started to try some of the deep breathing and mindful meditation. And they say that it's one of the most helpful things when when reducing anxiety. So if you start to notice anxious sensations in your body or you notice that you're worrying a lot, um, the deep breathing is something that can really be super helpful in reducing anxiety. Uh, CAPS has iFlourish online resources, and the UCSD Center for Mindfulness also has free deep breathing and meditation exercises that students can access. Another thing um, that I mentioned before is social support. So, you know, the importance of maintaining social connection, um, having a sense of belonging is a real basic human need as we tend to feel safe and can deal with intense emotions such as loneliness and sadness when we feel like we have that positive support. And just because we're social distancing doesn't mean that we 
we have to um, be isolated socially. So now is really the time to be creative with how we connect with each other. And it's not just social support. It's also just to get together and laugh, to have fun. Um, you know, I know that the last podcast uh, was done on the power of humor. And so it's really important to also just take a break and have fun. Besides thinking of things that you can do to manage stress, how we think about stressful situations can also really impact our reality and affect our mood. So some of the suggestions I have for, um, for your thinking, to watch your thinking, one is to focus on what you can control. So it can be really emotionally stressful when things in our external environment feel out of our control. And of course, there's lots in our external environment right now that's out of our control. Um, but if you can shift your focus instead to think about, okay, what is within my control? And, you know, some of the things that I mentioned before, um, your internal environment, your thoughts, your feelings, your healthy living habits, those are all things that you can have more control over. And you may find that you feel better and you'll have a lower need for external control when you feel like you practice better internal control. Another thing that can be helpful is watching out for unhelpful thoughts. So um, during difficult times, it can be especially easy to fall into unhelpful thinking patterns, um, such as, you know, I'm stuck at home. This is really hard. This is awful, uh, which really can lead to a lot of negative emotions that can be difficult to manage. So instead, try to shift some of your thinking um, to a more helpful thought, such as, um, I get to be safe in my home. I get to spend time with my family, my roommate, my pet. Um, and if we can shift our thoughts to be more helpful, that can not only help us get through difficult times, but it also can help us to even um, re recover and even grow during difficult times. And then my final suggestion is just taking things one day and one step at a time. So whenever we experience a crisis, it can be really helpful to focus on the present moment and take things one day or even just one small step at a time. So I remember when I was in graduate school and I was having to prepare for my qualifying examinations and it was one of the most stressful and anxiety producing you know, few months that I had. And what I would do is try to turn my attention onto what was in front of me in that given moment and really try to have peace with that. So for example, you know, when I would take a shower, um, I would say to myself, you know, I can't study when I'm in the shower. So I'm just going to enjoy this moment and I'm going to feel the water on my back and I'm just going to let go of other thoughts and just let myself be in that one moment. And sometimes when we're experiencing really difficult times in our life, it just helps to say, let me just get through this day or this moment. And we might not know how we're going to get through, but somehow, some way, if we just take one step forward at a time, we will get through those difficult times. Definitely. Um, I, I think it's really important to remember that we can support each other and we should support each other as much as possible during these difficult times. Um, but on a lighter note, many of my peers also say that they do not feel productive during quarantine. And I definitely see that myself. I think it's also important to remember that being productive is different for everybody and it looks different for everyone and it's okay to not be productive sometimes. But if students are looking to get a little bit more motivated during this time, what are some things that they can do? 
So you're absolutely right. I mean, this may be the quarter where we are not going to be our most productive. So um, I have a couple of suggestions regarding this. And the first is self-compassion. You know, self-compassion is when we extend kindness to ourselves, even when we experience failures, low productivity, feelings of inadequacy. You know, we tend to be harder on ourselves um, than when we go through um, difficult times and we're harder on ourselves than we are on other people. So it's really important that we exercise some self-compassion as this is going to help to reduce our own suffering and make it easier to overcome those hardships. Another thing um, to think about is something called radical acceptance. So some problems just can't be solved and it can be difficult to accept things that are painful or unfair. So It's okay to experience feelings of disappointment, sadness, and loss that are all natural parts of life. And radical acceptance is about accepting life as it is rather than how we wish it to be. And that also goes with accepting ourselves and our capacity for productivity this quarter. So I wanted to mention those things first, because before you even try to change anything, you know, I think it's really important just to, you know, accept ourselves and have some self-compassion for what we're going through right now. But as far as increasing motivation, um, as I mentioned before, I found that for some students, it can really help to create routines. So for many students, you know, they've they've changed their school environment and they're back home where they're used to relaxing. You know, home is where they would play video games, watch TV and sleep. And now they're in those same environments and they're having to engage in new behaviors. So... I find that it can really help to create some structure in your day to have both a wake up and a bedtime routine, you know, something that gets you moving to start your day and think about what you'd like to include in your day, you know, time for studying, time for self-care, time for socializing and time for fun too. So, um, and then it can also help to think about when you have your greatest energy. So when are you most cognitively alert? and plan for your studying during that time. So if you have the greatest energy in the morning, then, you know, get up your routine, you know, take a shower, get ready, get dressed, do your hair, um, set up your your desk, you know, the way that you want it. Uh, Maybe grab a coffee or go for a, a quick walk. And then, you know, if you were to study between like say nine and 11 and get a couple of good hours in, you know, that might be a really great way to start your day. And then anything else could be icing on the cake. Um, and when you do sit down to study, you know, just remember to reduce distractions during that time and also reward yourself with a break afterwards is also really important. Thanks, Stephanie. I'll definitely put some of that advice into good use. Um, Generally, I am a pretty positive person. I have a pretty positive outlook on life, but recently it's been very hard to stay that positive and that pumped. As a graduating senior, I feel disappointed that a lot of spring quarter events that I was looking forward to, like Sun God and Commencement, are now canceled or virtual. And I know that I'm not alone in this kind of feeling, but what can a lot of us do, especially as graduating seniors, to combat that feeling of being dejected? Oh my gosh, I know a lot of students are feeling that way. And first of all, I just want to say it's completely natural to feel, you know, disappointment, anger, and sadness. And these are real losses. And it's okay to take some time to grieve. 
I think that it can help to receive some support from your peers, you know, from others who know what you're going through, who can really relate to that, you know, who know what it means that they can't have, you know, maybe their final son, God, um, you know, and, and talk with each other about how hard this is and how disappointed you feel. And it's okay to spend some time doing that. Um, and, you know, I know that some students are making an effort to try to see some, some positive in this. Um, I've had some students tell me that they're recognizing how much they took these gatherings for granted in the past. And this is really helping them to cultivate a sense of gratitude so that when they get to experience these types of things again, they will appreciate them. And they are also looking to see, you know, what they have in their life right now that they can find some gratitude for. So not just focusing on what they've lost, but also trying to focus on what they still have. Um, I think it also um, can help to shift your mindset to the future. So I think one thing that's hard, especially as you mentioned, graduating seniors, it's just like, ah, this, 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 this current quarter is not what I had wanted. You know, this is not what I had anticipated or planned for. And, you know, I was mentioning radical acceptance earlier. That is really hard to deal with when, when, you know, we have to deal with life as it is and not how we wish it to be, but it still can be helpful to think about the future and maybe even fantasize and, and start planning. Like, think about what opportunities you want to get involved in once the quarantine is over. And we can get a lot of joy out of planning and imagining these future events. Yeah, I'm definitely trying my best. Um, I'm planning some of the opportunities and activities that I can do and how I can get involved in my community once quarantine is over. And I definitely think that's putting a positive spin on things. But I also think it's really important to remember that our friends and our family might be struggling to cope with the pandemic in a lot of different ways, and we want to do our best to support them. So what are some of the most appropriate ways that we can check in on people in our community, and what can we do to support others around us? One way is, you know, so that you're checking in with somebody when they want to be checked in. I think it can be helpful to send a text first. So um, send a text to loved ones. Um, you know, something like just want to just want you to know I'm thinking about you and I hope you are doing well or checking in. Um, how have you been doing lately? And you can plan for times to check in with people for when might be the most convenient for them. Um, so for example, maybe every Sunday we have a, a Zoom check-in. I know that for me and my family, we're sometimes checking in more now than we have before. Um, you know, so we, we're checking in, we're doing Zoom meetings with extended family that, that we weren't checking in with regularly. Um, so it can be a, a great opportunity to check in with loved ones. Also, I would suggest thinking about who is the most vulnerable in your family and could use your support. So for example, um, do you have an elderly family member who may need assistance in picking up some groceries? Or maybe you have a friend or a cousin who's living alone um, on campus right now and need some support. So perhaps making an effort to check in with, with them and ask if there's anything you can do to help. I also want students to keep in mind um, to you know, keep in mind for what they feel like they can handle right now. You don't want the check-ins to make you feel overwhelmed. And it's okay if you need to just focus on yourself right now. Um, it's okay to just um, 
you know, give yourself permission uh, just to focus on yourself and your self-care. And with all of these suggestions today, you know, I would say maybe pick one or two that stood out to you that you want to try, but don't feel overwhelmed um, or feel like you need to make all of these changes. You know, maybe pick one or two things that, that, that might make a difference for you. That makes total sense. I think that's very important to kind of just pick something that we feel that we can do and do effectively. Um, I'll definitely be sure to call my grandma today and check in with her. I just want to thank you once again for all your helpful tips and advice, Dr. O'Mara. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Mira. So that concludes our episode of Live Well, Be Well. If you like what you've heard and would like to learn more about topics related to health and wellness, there's much more to come please be sure to check out our website at healthpromotionservices.ucsd.edu and follow us on Instagram and Facebook under at UCSDHPS. Stay tuned for our next episode of Live Well, Be Well. Until next time, be kind, be true, be you. And remember, to be well is to live well.